welcome to Sared's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Sared. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, we will be continuing on with part two of the Joy in the Midst of These Things series by Glitter Bombshell, entitled Nothing Endures But Change. Now, these chapters are quite a bit shorter than my usual episodes, so I may in fact do more than one chapter, but it's hard to tell before we get started, so let's wait and see. Right, first, let's introduce our new fic. This is Nothing Endures But Change by Glitter Bombshell. Summary After his impromptu, infamous, snowball class, Wei Wuxian acquires several new shadows, all of them eager for more of his brand of help with their lessons. Lan Jian acquires a bit more competition for his husband's attention, but if it makes Wei Ying happy, he can hardly complain. Lan Qiren possibly acquires more ulcers when he finally realizes where the Lan sect's youngest disciples have been sneaking off to for their study period. Rating? G for general audiences. Main relationship, Lan Wanji, Wei Wuxian. Additional tags include background relationships, fluff, fluff and angst, happy ending. It is also included in such collections as The Untamed, Fave, Read Instead of Sleep, MDZS, Short MDZS Fix, We'll Make This World the Place Worth Living In, aka The Best of Wangshan Fix, Books Read, Completed, GMODC. It was originally published February 2nd of 2020 and is complete with four chapters. Right, with all that out of the way, Let's get to it. Happy listening. Chapter 1 It takes Wei Wuxian a day or two to notice his new shadows. Pleasantly, part of the reason it takes him that long is because the events of the last couple of years, or decades depending on your point of view, have finally started to fade a bit. The itching, gnawing, grinding fear and paranoia. The sense of always having to look over his shoulder, anticipate the next attack. They are slowly giving way under the soothing warmth of his new reality. Less pleasantly, part of the reason that it takes him that long is that the events of the last couple of years, or decades depending on your point of view, have not faded completely, and likely never will. Eyes follow him wherever he goes, not all of them as friendly as Sijui and the other juniors. A few more people watching him hardly registers. Eventually, though, even he cannot be so oblivious as to miss the three tiny disciples appearing in the corners of his vision Almost everywhere he goes within the cloud recesses, any time he happens to be out and about when the juniors are not in class. The library, the dining hall, the training fields, even the edges of the meadow where Lan Jen's rabbits live. 
he realizes his shadows are three of the baby juniors he'd watched a few days ago. And at first he feels a pang of hurt. It surprises him how much it hurts to think those small children might be watching him with suspicion or fear now. He wonders what they were told about him in their classes the next day. Who warned them to be wary of him? Almost as soon as the thought occurs to him, though, he is forced to reject it. No one would have told children that young to watch him. They would have been ordered to stay away from him. Granted, he knows perfectly well how such an order would have worked on him and Jiang Chang when they were at that age. How well such an order would still work on him. Still, the few glimpses he catches of them before they dart back out of his line of vision, the baby juniors don't seem to be scared. Nervous, maybe. But not as though they're trying to dare each other to go and steal his hair ribbon or something. Would land disciples even do something like that? Probably there's a rule against it. He decides to ignore it until the children either get bored or come to actually talk to him. Which takes about four days. He's sitting in the library pavilion as he often finds himself doing these days when Lanjian is busy. The land library is a treasure trove of informational texts, treaties, theoretical discussions, and historical documents. Even more so than in his first life. Whatever was lost when the cloud recesses burned had evidently been replaced and expanded upon. Lan Jian grants him unfettered access to everything but the most sacred forbidden texts. Even then, Lan Jen would let him read them if he asked. He knows, and he revels in it. It had been a long time since he had so much to occupy his agile mind. He can't count the number of times he's come here searching for some specific research scroll and lost himself in ten more completely unrelated books. Today, he's brushing up on some of the theory behind the transportation talismans. He thinks he's finally gotten the barrier charm functional, and he's gotten permission to test it out in a few controlled conditions on the next night hunt Sidri's group is called on. Gotten permission, here having the meaning of... He told Lan Jen he was going to play with corpse poisoning the next time he went out with Sidri and Jingyi, and his husband made increasingly distressed faces at him until he agrees to a series of safety measures. But one of the early iterations of the barrier charm before he got the permeability right, tickled something in his brain. He thinks he might be able to adapt it for use in transporting objects via talisman, something that is iffy at best. Generally, anything that is not directly in contact with the user's body is ruined when it arrives at its destination. The intense focus of spiritual energy is just too much. However, if there was some way to shield what you were trying to take with Senior Wei? He startles at the sound of his name, looking up and blinking stupidly as ink drips from the end of his brush onto the paper he's been taking notes on. His shadows stand before him. Three of the baby juniors from a few days ago. 
the one with the thick black eyebrows and the serious expression that so hilariously reminds him of Lan Chiren. The friendly boy with the chubby cheeks and the scattering of freckles. And the smallest of them. The one with the gap-toothed grin and the dimples that put him in mind of Ayun. He sets the brush down against the inkstone and grins. Lan... Lan Xin, right? he asks, rising as the three hastily salute him. And I'm sorry I didn't get your friends' names last time. He trails off with a hopeful tilt of his chin. This one is Lan Xin Li, Senior Wei, the mini Lan Chiren says, straightening his shoulders. And this one is Lan Mingji, the freckle-faced child says as he too straightens, reaching down to take Lan Xin's hand in his own. Wei Wu Shen silently repeats the names to himself a few times, eyes flicking between the three boys curiously. Now that they've finally worked up the courage to talk to him again, he waits for them to enlighten him as to why they've been following him. And waits. And waits. Lan Chen Li seems to find the floor incredibly fascinating, and Lan Qin is picking at one of Lan Meng Ji's fingernails, biting his lip as he shifts from foot to foot. Wei Wu Shen does his best to look as non-threatening and encouraging as possible, sinking back down into his seats so he's not looming over them. Ah, oh, they really are so tiny. He wants to squish their little cheeks and ruffle their hair, and also maybe sit them down and feed them sweet buns and candy for a few hours. After a few more beats of awkward silence, he props his chin on one hand and tilts his head. Am I to guess what you wanted, then? I'm afraid we'll be here a while. This poor senior is very bad at guessing games. At that, Lan Xin puffs out his cheeks in dismay. We didn't mean to bother you, Senior Wei. Wei Wu Shen gentles his expression still further. You're not bothering me, he says, and means it. If you need something, I'll do everything in my power to help. I think you've been wanting to ask me something for a few days, yes? Lan Chen Li and Lang Mingji glance up at that, their expressions turning sheepish. You saw us? Lan Chen Li asks, mouth turning downwards in a rueful frown. Wei Wu Jian winks at him. I think maybe a career in spying is not in your future. At that, Lan Xin sputters, the dismay giving way to childish indignation. We weren't spying on you, he protests. He drops Lan Mengji's hand and takes a step forward. Spying isn't allowed in the cloud recesses, and we wouldn't do something like that anyway, Lan Mingji adds, genuine distress pitching his voice higher. You were so nice to us. You helped me, Lan Xin says. Wei Wu Shen is a little taken aback by how vehement the boys are. Even Lan Chen Li, mini Lan Chiren that he is, looks upset. Wei Wu Shen holds his hands up in surrender. Ayah, boys, please, I was only joking, he says, biting down on the laughter that wants to bubble out. 
He can't help it. He really can't. He's weak against land disciples, apparently. No matter their age. They can turn him into a pile of helplessly fond mush with only a few words. He accepts his fate as graciously as he can and presses his hand to his heart. I meant no offense, young masters. Just for good measure, he prostrates himself over the table dramatically and looks up at them with the most exaggerated, beseeching pout he can muster. Don't be upset. It would break my poor heart. Lan Qin is the first to giggle at him, though the boy quickly presses his hands over his mouth, stifling the sound. The other boy's lips are twitching like they want to join in, but at least a little of the land stoicism has been instilled in them already. Wei Wuxian sits up and very carefully does not let his face show how pleased he is with himself. So, was there something you needed help with? He asks at last, sitting up into a more proper position. He's not exactly sure what time it is, but he thinks they're roughly halfway through the free period the disciples all have after lunch. It's meant to be time spent meditating or practicing sword work or socializing with one's peers. Not that he can even imagine most land disciples socializing. What do they even do? Recite rules at each other? Challenge each other to posture contests? It's going to bother him now until he can ask Lan Jen about it later tonight. It's flattering that the baby juniors would use some of their precious little free time to seek him out. Also slightly alarming. Lan Chen Li and Lang Mingji are probably old enough to be wandering the cloud recesses without constant supervision. But surely someone will come looking for Lan Chen sooner or later. The last thing Wei Wuxian needs is to have Lan Qiren breathing down his neck over his imagined corruption of the Lan clan's youngest disciples. They've been having such a nice stay in Gusu so far. The three boys all look at each other nervously. Wei Wuxian looks to Lan Chen Li, but surprisingly it's Lan Qin who steps forward and kneels down on the opposite side of Wei Wuxian's table. You go night hunting with Brother Sijui and Brother Jingyi all the time, Lan Qin says, his small mouth turning down at the corners in a serious frown. Puzzled, Wei Wuxian nods. When they want me to, yes. Which... Honestly, is almost all the time. His son is an extremely capable cultivator. He and Lan Jingyi are some of the best in their generation, Lan Jian has told him. And he has no trouble believing it. The others in their cohort are no slouches either. It could never be said that Gusu Lan does not train their disciples well. They don't really need his help but the juniors seem to value it all the same. It is rare that he is not invited when Sijui's group gets an assignment, even if Lan Jen cannot attend. A fact that had caused quite a bit of consternation for Lan Qiren and the elders. Had Sijui and the others been a little younger, Wei Wuzhen has no doubt he would have been absolutely forbidden from going anywhere near their night hunts. 
and the juniors forbidden from even thinking of asking him. As it stands, the elders of the land clan begrudgingly accept the juniors' right to choose who they associate with, as young adults and cultivators, especially with Lanjian's support. Not even the most suspicious elder would go against his excellency in such a public manner. Besides, there have been several incidents where he has been of immense help. Brother Jingyi says you teach them all sorts of stuff, and you're really good at explaining things, Lan Chen Li says, coming forward to sit down beside Lan Qin. Lan Mengji follows. Ah, uh, your brother Jingyi is too kind. Warmth blooms inside him, though, soft and sweet as the spring sunshine. It's nice to be appreciated. Nuh-uh, Lan Qin says immediately. You did! You helped me with the talismans! Wei Wuxian smiles at the boy, and this time does not resist the urge to reach out and ruffle his hair a little, carefully avoiding the forehead ribbon. You did well with the talisman all on your own, Lan Qin. All I did was show you a path forward. Lan Xin ducks his head, a pleased flush spreading over his face. But then he turns serious again. So can you help us again? He asks, his tone turning pleading. Wei Wuzhen raises an eyebrow. Again with what? At that, Lan Chen Li pulls a small stack of notes out from one of his sleeves and carefully spreads them out for Wei Wuzhen to look at. The boys all look up at him with identical hopeful smiles. We have a test in two days, Lan Mingji says. Can you help us study? Chapter 2 He spends a very enjoyable hour with three small land juniors, going over their notes with them as they pepper him with question after question about their lesson. Mathematics this time. Not anything to do with cultivation, really. It's not as much his wheelhouse as the talismans had been, of course. But damn it, he had earned his spot on the list of young masters a lifetime ago. He is skilled in many areas. Children's math is a trifle. He quickly realizes that Lan Chen Li understands the material completely. He just paces himself through it with slow, meticulous deliberation. Lan Mengji has some genuine gaps in his grasp of the lessons, but attacks his deficits with admirable determination, questioning and questioning until he gets it. Lan Xin? Lan Xin must drive his teachers to distraction. The boy is quick. Quick and clever, leaping from problem to solution in great bounds that skip over several fundamental steps more often than not. Logic and intuition serve the boy well, but he has a hard time articulating what he's done. The result being that, at best, Lan Qin looks like he's guessing a lot of the time and, at worst, looks like he's cheated. Wei Wuxian is almost painfully reminded of himself at that age. 
He follows the child's thinking with ease, gently reels him back into the steps he should be taking to arrive at his conclusions, shares a few tricks he remembers, vaguely, from his own school years, some that had been taught to him by kind tutors who understood how his mind worked, some he had had to learn in order to get by with the tutors who did not understand and didn't care to. Lan Xin fairly glows, his brush flying over his parchments as Lan Ming Ji smiles at him proudly, and Lan Chen Li affectionately nudges his shoulder. The three boys are part of the same branch family of the Lan clan, he learns as the children gradually realizes he not only doesn't mind a bit of chatter while they work, he encourages it. Lan Ming Ji and Lan Xin are cousins and Lan Chenli's mother is a childhood friend of Lan Xin's, explaining the boy's closeness. Lan Chenli and Lan Mingji feel a certain responsibility towards Lan Xin, especially as the younger boy has been having so much trouble in his classes. He's so smart, Senior Wei, Lan Mingji declares firmly, while Lan Chenli nods and Lan Xin blushes bright red. Auntie had to wear him on her back all the time when he was a baby because as soon as she sat him down, he wanted to explore. He figured out how to unlock the garden gate when he was two. Two, Wei Wuzhen repeats, pitching his voice to sound appropriately impressed. I was almost four before I could unlatch a garden gate. I know, right? Lan Mengji says seriously. Poor Lan Xin looks as though he's going to spontaneously combust, his cheeks are so red. But Wei Wuxian can tell he is biting his lips to keep from smiling. He finishes another problem on his notes and shyly holds it up for Wei Wuxian to look at. He makes a show of running his finger over the drawing characters, nodding to himself and murmuring approvingly. When he's finished, he turns a dazzling grin on the boy. Excellent work, Lanshin, he says, and reaches for the other two's parchments. He points out a few minor errors, reviews simple equations with them until even Lanshin can recite the process backwards and forwards. It's... nice. When the bells toll the beginning of afternoon classes... The three children gather up their notes and rise with evident reluctance. Thank you, Senior Wei, Lan Chen Li says sincerely. They give him a deep, respectful bow and hesitate, exchanging nervous looks. Learning, Wei Wu Zhen just leans his chin on one hand, waiting for them to work up the courage to ask what they want to ask. If... If it's not too much trouble, Lan Mingji begins, shifting from foot to foot the way Lan Xin had been earlier. Can you help us study tomorrow too, please? He finishes all in a rush. Lan Chen Li and Lan Xin are nodding even before he finishes. Three pairs of shining, hopeful eyes pin Wei Wuzhen in place. And he sighs, smiling a little. boys. He begins, and finds he is unsure how to finish. He presses his lips together for a moment, before shaking his head. If I'm in the library again, 
I would be happy to help you. I can't promise, though. I'm not sure what I'll be doing. It is not the answer the children want, and their disappointment shows clearly in their small faces. Lan Xin actually pouts, his lower lip pushing outwards and his dark eyes staring up at Wei Wuzhen as though he has just denied him the greatest wish his young heart has ever conceived of. It's unfair, really. His Ayun had always looked at him like that when he wanted Wei Wuzhen to come and play with him, and he'd never mastered the art of saying no. It's a good thing Ayun had been such a sweet child. Otherwise, Wei Wuzhen would have spoiled him into a complete tyrant back then. He finds the same desire to acquiesce to every demand put forth by an adolescent child rising in him, and scrambles to harden his heart, focuses on a point just over Lan Xin's shoulder to avoid looking at that trembling pout and begging doe eyes. He is strong. He is a fully grown adult who is perfectly capable of telling a seven-year-old no. He pats the boy's head's he pats the boy's head again and grits his teeth when Lan Xin sighs pitifully. Heavens, is this how people felt around him when he was a child? He feels like he owes some of the merchants in Lotus Pier an apology. His crumbling resolve is spared when Lan Xin finally nods sadly. Thank you for your help today, Senior Wei, he says. He darts a look at his cousin and their friend. Then he runs forward and hugs Wei Wuzhen around the waist the way he did a few days ago, digging his chin into his stomach as he looks up. The pout is replaced by that gap-toothed grin as he squeezes Wei Wuzhen's waist once before stepping back. Before Wei Wuzhen can say anything, the three children bow to him again and retreat from the library stepping out into the cold, snowy afternoon. Asin, you know the rules. Do not be effuse. This, do not be really loud in your affection. If we bother him, he won't talk to us anymore. Wei Wuzhen snorts a laugh as Lan Xin's scolding voice carries back to him. He said we're not bothering him, Lan Xin protests immediately. Sides. He adds, their voices fading as they head further into the compound for afternoon classes. Senior Wei looks like his heart needs hugs sometimes. Said Senior Wei's heart very nearly bursts then and there, and he has to sit down a moment. What good children! What kind, sweet children! So gentle and caring. He can't take it. How can he disappoint such wonderful children, especially if they're asking for something so simple as help with their lessons? Except... Except he knows how. If it were Sijui or Jingyi asking, or anyone in the upper classes, he would have no problem saying yes. The past hour has flown. He loves supervising the junior night hunts and discussing high-level creatures and spellwork with the boys. 
but this is nice too. These baby juniors are so open and honest in their desire to learn. Easy to teach. The way... The way it has always been to teach young children. He turns from the notion with the ease of long practice, blunting the edge of pain that always hovers over such thoughts before it can sink into him, draw more blood from wounds that may scab over, but will probably never quite heal. If it were his son or one of his son's friends, he would not hesitate. He doesn't want to hesitate now, not with these trusting faces looking at him with such excitement and hope. But, but he remembers how Lanchiren had looked at him a few days ago, when he'd been forced to leave the children's class in his care. The distrust and distaste that always lurks in the eyes of his husband's uncle. That Sijui and the others spend so much time with Wei Wuxian is already a thorn in the man's side. If he catches wind of Wei Wuxian interacting with the Lan Clan's youngest children, well, it might be a funny chi deviation, but Wei Wuxian really doesn't want to deal with the fallout. He would not have cared in his first lifetime. He would not have cared only a year ago. What did it matter to him what Lan Chiren, of all people, thought? If Lan Chiren would not approve of him helping these juniors. Now, though. Now. He knows. He knows. His husband does not care a whit what his uncle thinks of them what the rest of the cultivation world thinks of them. Lan Jen had mourned for him for far too long to care about anything other than their happiness together now. That does not mean that Wei Wu Zhen wishes to cause his husband problems. Lan Jen is so damn good as chief cultivator. Not perhaps the most social aspects of the job, the politicking and the diplomacy and the, you know, interacting pleasantly with people who are not Wei Wuzhen, Lan Chen, or Sijui and Jingyi. But he is good at the hardest parts of it, the wrangling a cohesive vision for the future, the settling of disputes, the dispensation of justice. Under his Lan Jen's leadership, the rot and corruption that had infested the cultivation world is withering away, while the common people's trust in the sex blooms. Wei Wu Jen's heart quails at the thought of doing anything to jeopardize that, of jeopardizing the work that has become so important to the person around whom his entire world revolves. Tutoring children is hardly an earth-shattering action. Hardly something worth noticing. Even if it is the yielding patriarch doing the tutoring. His husband exerting his influence to shield him from any negative reactions that do occur, though? Asking for Wei Wuzhen to be allowed to actually teach 
when he knows very well no one would dare deny His Excellency such a request. He knows very well there are elements in the sex who would like nothing more than to use such actions as evidence that he cannot be trusted, that he is only using Lan Jen to elevate his own status and reputation, that Lan Jen cannot be trusted due to how besotted he is with him. The notion is ridiculous, of course. Lan Jen indulges his whims, spoils him shamelessly, it's true. But the idea that Han Gon-jun could ever debase the title of excellency in such a matter? Laughable. Unfortunately, Wei Wuxian is well acquainted with how even laughable notions can gain traction with the right application. He refuses to put his beloved in such a position, to even risk putting his beloved in such a position. In his first life, he would never have considered such things. Even a year ago, he would never have considered such things. Now, though, now he has to. He wants to. Wei Wuzhen has a lifetime of anguish behind him. The ghosts and memories that dog his footsteps far outnumber the faces of living friends and family before him. How much of that pain could have been avoided if he had just thought his actions through? How many scars on his heart would not be there if he had stopped to consider how consequences might ripple outwards? It is not just how he reflects on Lan Jen's position as excellency that worries him. He, he had hurt the man he loves so much in the past. Lan Jen is his heart and soul his world, and he had hurt him over and over. He never wants to hurt him again. Wei Wuxian is not given to introspection. He may be a genius, but he knows his vast intellect does not always extend to himself. Even so, he can acknowledge that much of what had transpired in his past life was because of his own foolish arrogance. Foolish arrogance he cannot entirely blame on his youth, or his inexperience, or even the traumas he'd suffered. Not all of it. Not, perhaps, even the worst of it. But much of it. He has learned from that. He stares down at the notes he's been working on the last couple of days without really seeing them. The Wei Wuxian of the past would have done what he pleased. But he is no longer that boy. It's a small thing. The idea of tutoring those baby juniors. A pleasant idea. Something he knows would make him quite happy and be useful for them as well. He is a genius, after all. 
As he gathers his notes and a few research scrolls he wants to take back to the Jingxi for future reference, though, he decides it's probably not an idea that will go anywhere. There's too much potential for causing more friction between his husband and Lan Chiren. Too much potential for causing problems. It doesn't occur to him that, in trying to be more mindful of the consequences of his actions, he might be going too far in the other direction with such thoughts. Of course it doesn't. And the next day... Six novice land disciples take the decision out of his hands anyway. Right, that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. This has been chapters 1 and 2 of Nothing Endures But Change. Written by Glitter Bombshell. Narrated by Saird. Theme music, Spirited Away. If you'd like to follow along or just read this story for yourself, please check out Glitter Bombshell's author page in the links below. There, you should also find links to my website, as well as our Discord and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to tune in again next time for chapters 3 and 4. Until then, happy listening! In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.